Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're going to have some fun today. It's summertime. Kids are out of school. Life slows down for some of us, speeds up for others. Trips to favorite vacation spots and into the backcountry ramp up. And today on the program, we're going to come together as a UPR community to share ideas for summertime trips, activities, traditions, and stories. What are your summertime plans? Do you have uh, favorite summertime art venues, uh, hikes, campsites? Maybe you're planning a staycation. Perhaps you'll be in your garden. Do you have a favorite tradition you'd like to share, a favorite summertime memory? We uh, want to uh, hear from you at 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. We'll compile a list of ideas. Uh, and you can email us to upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. We're going to explore some ideas uh, later in the hour with Adrian Decker, folk art specialist from Utah Division of Arts and Museums. We'll be talking with Emily Munch, a public relations manager with Utah Office of Tourism, and with Tom Adams, director of the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. We have with us uh, for the hour Julie Hollis Terrell, director of the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. Um, I'm sure you've got a, a bunch of great ideas. Uh, we'll, we hope to hear a lot of those today and hope to hear from you, of course, 800 826 1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. Julie, I'd like to hear traditions and stories as well. As I was thinking about this, I was it, it took me back to my childhood in Vernal. Um, one memory that I have is uh, my mom would uh, always make Kool-Aid ice cubes. Oh, nice. So Yummy. So those were, it seemed to be just summertime. So it wouldn't be any other time of the year. So she'd make Kool-Aid, pour it into the tray, freeze it, and uh, just something that simple made that big of an impact. When I think summertime, I think mom's Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid ice creams. Yeah, that's ice great. Ice yeah. And here, of course, it's Aggie ice cream. I think that's a lot yeah. of people's traditions when they're here in right. Logan, for sure. Right. And our uh, offices here are located just across the road from Aggie ice cream, so. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe not so good for the uh, for the waistline, but it's but it's fun. <laughs> but then you can get outside and go hiking and work all that yeah. off in the y- summer. You can. So it works. You can, yeah. Another one of my favorite memories, not from my mother. Um, kids are out of school, of course. Mm-hmm. And I remember the eight of us um, milling around saying, I'm bored. I'm bored. I don't know. Maybe that resonates with, <laughs> with a lot of parents. Um, and then, you know, mom tells us to get outside. And Definitely. Take care of that. And Utah is such a beautiful state to do that in. No matter where yeah. you are, it seems like if it's in the neighborhood or in the valley or in the whole part of the, anywhere in the state, there's beautiful scenery to see and doesn't take long to be outside and having all sorts of adventures. Yeah, it is. It is uh, very fun. So I just want to share a couple of my favorite places uh, from Vernal area. So growing up, Harper's Corner is is a beautiful, beautiful place. It's on Dinosaur National Monument uh, mm. land. I think it's uh, by, the, by the time you get there, you're uh, over in Colorado. And uh, it's a high point, I don't know, 1,000 feet up or something, and you look down, like there's a fence there, um, and uh, you look down at the confluence of the Yampa and the Green. Beautiful. Just, just beautiful. The hike's a little bit scary if you're afraid of heights. Uh, there's, you know, there's cliffs going down. You have, you know, you hug the mountain if you, if you need to, but uh, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful place. So we want to hear your favorite places, favorite uh, uh, summertime uh, memories or traditions. So let's uh, jump in. What are what are some suggestions you have for us? Oh, there's so much going on, especially, you know, obviously my area of emphasis is northern Utah because that's where I live. So I can probably talk best about that, although all over the state there are great things happening. But, you know, this is really a year of celebration for Logan when it comes to the performing arts. And we're really the heart of the arts for the state of Utah, especially during the summer. But this year, 
Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater is celebrating its 25th season, and the Lyric Repertory Theater is celebrating its 50th. Mm. So in and between all that, uh, we've also got the American West Heritage Center. The Jensen Historical Farm out there is celebrating its 100th birthday this year. So we've got all sorts of reasons to come and visit Logan just for fun events and things to do. Uh, we, my wife and I got our tickets for, for the Lyric and for the opera. Good. Um, and the Lyric's got some great uh, uh, um, plays coming up. Yes, and you know, they opened in just uh, just this weekend, this next weekend, this weekend, and what they did is two years ago, they took a survey of all the patrons there, and they listed all the shows they've done in the last 48 years and said, which ones are your favorite? And they're presenting them this year as their season, and so one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my whole life is The Foreigner. I love it. Yes. I love that show. So they're doing The Foreigner, they're doing the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, they're doing the musical Big River, which is the story of Huckleberry Finn, and then they're also doing the thriller Wait Until Dark. So, and yeah, it's cool. It's one of the few remaining repertory theaters in the nation. So the same core cast take on the roles in four different shows. And so you really get to see them stretch. Tickets are affordable and it's a wonderful venue as well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I believe we've got tickets to all of those. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, Festival Opera has got some uh, great uh, productions, uh, including one of my favorite operas, Madame Butterfly. So we're oh, classic Puccini. going to go to that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing Madame Butterfly. They are doing The Pirates of Penzance. They are doing also, so um, they are doing The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is the Disney Disney music. And then they're doing The Music Man. And, Tom, you might not know this, but I'm going to be in that show. You're going to be in The Music Man? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I'm Eulalie McKechnie Shin. I am the really? mayor's wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I am having the time of my life. Yeah. So amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I, 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 well, I can't wait to, to, to come and see you. Well, no, it's not everyone who gets to see me wearing a Statue of Liberty costume, so it'll it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I can see you do, doing a very good uh, job in that. Thank uh, you. I was in uh, Lyric uh, last year. Oh, great! They had a series of uh, celebrities, and I put my name in you know air quotes uh, under that rubric, but uh, uh, playing a minor role in Arsenic and Old Lace. I saw that, but I wasn't there the night you were. Yeah. That is fun. Did you enjoy that? Uh, it was terrifying and Ter- fun. Yes, and all fun at the same both. Time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to being on on the stage, but uh, it was it was it was wonderful to see the behind the scenes. And I stayed backstage the whole time just to, so I could see the how it works, the, how it works, and it was uh, wonderful. And when I was a brief time I was on stage, I was with some real pros, and they helped me through it, and it was it was fun. It's fun to see the inner workings. You know, one thing that's pretty prestigious and would be a, a rare opportunity is um, for the Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater this year, they are mounting a re-envisioned version of um, a musical called Rex. It was written by a man named Sheldon Harnick. He wrote a few other things you might recognize, such as Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. He's 93 years old. He's going to come out here for the premiere. He's worked oh, with Michael and um, coached him. It was The show was on Broadway for a very short period of time in 1976, shelved for 30 years. Now it's been re-envisioned, and they're going to they're going to produce it here first in hopes that it will then go to Broadway. But he will be here. And they're also going to do um, a special tribute concert to him. And he's going to narrate. He he wrote music with all of the famous famous people like Rogers and Hammerstein. He's kind of the last of that golden era. And so that's that would be a wonderful experience to get to see him or to see that show Rex, which is the story of Henry VIII and his obsession with producing a male heir for the throne. So last time cool. Last time Sheldon Harding was out, I got to interview him. And oh, what a, cool. What a sharp Sharp, sharp individual, and of course with that history. Yes. We, we talked all about the creation of Fiddler on the Roof, which was a joy oh, to, to have him sitting 
and he's yeah. so nice. Where you yeah, are, right he now. was out three years three years ago just to sort of work the story, and yeah. uh, they've been working on it ever since. So if you want the chance of a lifetime, literally, to see him in person, to come and see that show, that would be incredible. I want to mention just a, a few other things. Uh, Little Bloomsbury Ice Cream Festival is uh, coming up. We're uh, good friends with the director of that uh, foundation, Brent. uh-huh. uh, Brenda. And so I wanted to put in a plug for that. That's coming up for very soon, June 15th through the 17th. That's in Logan. And we're also um, starting off, we're kicking off the summer tomorrow with Summerfest Arts Fair uh, in Tabernacle Square in downtown yeah. Logan. So that's a great way to come and see about 140 artists and good food and live music. And yeah. it's free. It's just, it's an awesome experience to just be outside and enjoy the company of so many people who are enjoying the same thing. And if you want to, I'm not sure what day this is happening, but if you want to see our chief engineer friend Weller in action. He's also an accomplished artist. Wow. And he's involved in the plein air. Oh, that's happening right They're, now. They have to oh, turn oh, in their... Oh, going, going right now. Okay. They have to turn in their art today. Yeah. So... That's yeah. exciting. Little known facts. Uh, yeah, so friend friend out. will be over there uh, as well. Um, and there's a interesting, I hadn't known about this, um, The there's a Fry Street Chamber Festival for those of, uh, familiar with Fry Street uh, Quartet, uh, quartet mm-hmm. which is a wonderful quartet based at Utah State University. They're doing a festival. That's uh, July 9th through the 15th. And so the Fry Street Quartet will be playing, but also some other um, groups and individuals, and uh, that is coming up on the the USU uh, campus. They bring in all sorts of wonderful artists and productions, especially in conjunction with their 50th anniversary this year, so tell stay me, tuned. Uh, be, before we went out there, you were telling me, telling me about us something that I'd, I'm somewhat tempted. I'm a sort of a homebody. My wife and I both are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to buy tickets because uh, we get excited about events. Come the day of, we don't want to leave the house. Right. But if you've already bought the ticket, you have to go. You're obligated. This I might be tempted to go to. It's a foodie trek. Yes, we have the foodie trek here in Cache Valley. So that's all northern Utah in our beautiful valley up here. Because we have a lot of food production facilities that make or grow different products. And they're sent out throughout the country. So we thought we should just put them together on a tour. So if you really want to get a taste of Cache Valley, you can come and take a sample all the way along the way. And so that includes everything from maybe some people don't know that we have the Pepperidge Farms um, factory here where they make millions of goldfish crackers every year. We've got, you know, of course, we're famous for our dairy products. So we've got wonderful ice cream at three different locations, including Utah State University, the Aggie ice cream, which we talked about already. But then Gosner Cheese, they're the largest maker of Swiss cheese in the country. You can go there and have all sorts of samples and and wonderful cheese curd and delicious things like that. But we have internationally renowned coffee with Cafe Ibis, a coffee house, hand-dipped chocolates at the Bluebird Candy Company, and they also offer tours. So you can really see the ladies dipping the chocolate, and that's lots of fun. Um, We've also got the honey places we've got uh, rock hill creamery where you can go see the cows and how they hand make the cheese it's just it's awesome we've got over a dozen businesses where you can you can do that and see and experience uh you know our our agricultural history here and it's still keeping generations of farmers alive and and well and we love that you know one, uh, another thing i wanted to mention uh i had uh, something on my bucket list i don't have much uh, maybe this was the only thing <laughs> uh, i'll have to develop more on my bucket list a shallow bucket uh, a shallow <laughs> bucket but i had antelope island on there oh yeah and we finally did it it's uh, i don't know about five years ago and then we went uh-huh. back and uh what a wonderful day mm-hmm. that, that was it's it's a beautiful lots to do Beautiful and, scenery. And it's close if you're in northern Utah. You can see the you can see all sorts of animals. You can go horseback riding. You can go sea kayaking. 
I didn't know about that. I'll have to yeah. do that when I go back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And another thing that's really neat there, too, that's not far from there is the Air Force Museum. That is a wonderful collection of aircraft, and it's free. It's yeah. open every day. That's near near Layton, Roy area. And, um, boy, you could spend hours in there, and they always have former pilots who volunteer to be there and can teach you all about the planes. It's an incredible collection there, the Hill Air Force Base mm-hmm. Museum. That's I, I guess that is on my list. So I've, I've oh, now good. developed another one. I'm making a deeper bucket list. Uh, yes, I definitely want to do that. So That does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I also love um, – the drive that goes up Ogden, you can go up Ogden Canyon and go uh, over Monte Cristo Pass back down through Bear Lake uh, and into Logan, Cache Valley and circle around that way. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful way to spend the day. And one thing's fun is the little town of Huntsville up there. There's the Shooting Star Saloon and it's the longest running saloon in the state of Utah. I think it opened in 1891. And it's this quirkiest place at where they have like dollar bills stapled all over the wall that people have signed and mm. stuff like that. But they have the shooting star burger, which is a heart attack on a platter that everyone should experience at least <laughs> once with like the hamburger, grilled onions and a knockworth sausage cut in half on their cheese. And they have like a little quarter sheet that's their menu. And it's kind of like, this is what we make here. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. <laughs> so it's yeah. just, And the people are fun. And that's just, it's just kind of a fun little quirky Utah thing to do. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, another thing that uh, just uh, popped into my memory, and a lot of people be doing this. In fact, I have a friend who's already reserved a driveway for this. That's the eclipse. Oh my! Mm-hmm. And so the uh, zone of totality, as they call it, where the you know the three minutes will be totally dark. Uh-huh. Um, is I can it goes over Teton, Grand Teton. Mm-hmm. It goes over so like uh, Idaho Rexburg, Falls and Idaho Rexburg. Falls. Mm-hmm. So fairly close, but yes. uh, you'll have to plan. It's August 21st. And keep in mind, if you want to head up there, um, I-15 is having some construction on the Idaho side. But uh, I was talking to some counterparts in Idaho Falls, and they have no idea what to expect as far as people. But when they've talked to other people across the country and the world who've experienced this, they're, they're anticipating almost fi- like 500,000 people yeah. to come to this community that's the site that's like 100,000, 125,000 population yeah. for that day. So plan plenty of time to go a day in advance and I would highly recommend having reservations in hotels if you can even get them at this point. Right, right. Or, or maybe the day before the day in advance because everybody go, you know, anyway, yeah, just to it, make sure that you uh, account for travel mm-hmm. uh, delays. That's going to be a kind of an interesting sociological um, experiment, the, right? That many people on the move on on that one day. They're already bringing in porta potties from other states. That's mm-hmm. how many they need. If that, uh, I mean, that's kind amazing. Of interesting. Amazing. Yeah. So this has probably been discussed at tourism conferences and stuff. Yes, even you know the state of Utah. We have a lot of tour groups who fly into Salt Lake City from all around the world and then start a tour that will go up to Jackson, Yellowstone, other national parks that way. And um, they've already had reservations for two years for people who want to come for the eclipse from yeah. China and from um, you know all over, literally all over the world. Yeah. Just amazing. And this is a really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? I think the last total eclipse was 99 years ago or something. And and I understand that when it is the total eclipse, like, you can see the stars, the Milky yeah. Way. I mean, it's yeah. completely black. Right. It's yeah. going to be kind of eerie. It will. It yeah. will. As we get closer, we're going to do a, a whole episode on that uh, Ooh, with, be with cool. an eclipse expert who uh, who is a... I can't remember what they call him, umbrologist or something. Um, wow. Who, he chases eclipses around the world. We're going to try to get him on. Anyway, so that's an opportunity for people pretty close. Yeah. Uh, within, you know, I mean, you know, Idaho Falls is not that far away. or, or nope. Two or hours Grand and 15 Teton. minutes from Logan. Yeah. 
So that's something you could plan. That is August 21st, but as Julie says, uh, plan on going the day before if you can. Or the day before uh, the day before. (laughs) Right. And uh, get a hotel or make plans because a lot of people are going to be doing this. Um, Bear Lake. Before we went on the air, you were mentioning Bear Lake. There's some tips. You want to make sure you uh, go the right place in Bear Lake. Yes, I just want to pass on. I was talking to my counterpart, Melinda, over there. The water is extremely high. So what happens when the water is extremely high is that the beach disappears. So the best places to go to the beach are actually the state parks on the north end of the lake, which is actually across the Idaho side, and on the south end as well. So you kind of, if you can come on a weekday, a lot of people love to come from the Wasatch Front up to Bear Lake. But if you can come on a weekday, obviously there'll be less people and that'll be a better time. And if you can think of water activities that you'd like to do, instead of lounging on the beach, which there's not so much beach, um, if you want to rent a watercraft up there, or a boat, a canoe, a kayak, w- inflatable toys, whatever, um, just just keep in mind, you know, maybe bring some of those things and just plan to know that there's not a lot of beach space this year. Okay. But it's still beautiful and fantastic. Right, yeah. Bear Lake is, is wonderful. I just uh, wanted to tout a couple. Of, we'll take a break, and we'll be back with uh, Julie Hollis Terrell, and we'll also add in uh, Adrian Decker for about five or ten minutes from the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. We're talking summertime. We're talking uh, trips, activities. Uh, we want to hear from you. What are you going to be doing? have uh, friends who recently took their uh, family of uh, five kids uh, to San Diego. Nice. So, you know, we could think outside the state as, as well. And um, I'm not sure, haven't talked to them after the trip to see how they kept the kids <laughs> occupied. But Lots you got all sorts of electronic devices these days. Yeah, and I guess maybe my uh, one of my fun memories of the summertime is going on a trip with my family. We didn't use electronic devices. Devices We actually had to look out the window. And, yeah. you know, with my, my dad, I think to keep my sister and me quiet, um, told us that he'd give us a penny for every 10 cows that we counted and a penny for every horse. And so that was a trip we were taking through the state, and we racked up some good money. But I, I didn't stop to think of how smart it was of him to keep us quiet and not from fighting. And, that's, you know. that's very clever. you gotta, yeah. you got to have that kind of, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of uh, vacations, and as I look back, this can't have been a vacation for my parents. Uh, what did you do? We went cross-country, went all the way you know, back to New York. Oh, my word. Uh, twice. And uh, I think the second time with Grandpa. So, you know. That's a Mom, trip. dad, eight kids, and Grandpa. That's that's I hope a, you that's had a, a loaded, spacious car. That's a loaded station wagon. <laughs> it was a station wagon. <laughs> but, but, you know, very eventful. Us kids remember it very, very fondly. And only as I became an adult did I realize... You know, mom and dad, that's that's just stress. That's yeah. added stress. But yeah. but I'm grateful to them for giving us that experience. How fun. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. So um, give us your ideas. Uh, and uh, how do you keep the kids occupied on those uh, cross-country uh, uh, trips? And and do you have that same experience that I had, that my mom had to suffer with? You know, you're out of school. I'm bored. I'm, <laughs> I'm bored. bored. <laughs> her, her prescription was, uh, well, fix that. You know, just go outside. <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, take a break. We're talking about summertime. We'd love to get your ideas. We're talking with Julie Hollis-Terrell, Director of the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. And uh, later in the program, Emily Munch uh, with the Utah Office of Tourism will join us. And we'll have Tom Adams uh, later in the program as well with the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Uh, Next up, after the break, we'll be talking with Adrian Decker with the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Hopefully with you as well, 800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. It's summertime. Kids are out of school. Life uh, maybe slows down for you. Maybe it speeds up. 
We want to know what your favorite vacation spot is. Maybe you're doing a staycation. Are you gardening? We want to know what you're doing and maybe have suggestion for the rest of us. We're compiling an activity list for uh, summertime, giving you some ideas as we make our summertime plans. Want to know your uh, favorite traditions? Maybe you have a story to share as well. And we have with us for the hour Julie Hollis Terrell, Director of Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Later in the program, Emily Munch from Utah Office of Tourism and Tom Adams from the uh, Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Before we bring on Adrian Decker, uh, Julie, I wanted to uh, just recount another couple of stories. Sure. You think about summertime, the, these stories come to mind. Love to hear your stories as well. 800 826 1495. 800 826 1495. Or upraccess at gmail.com. In my memory, and I might be faulty, but I know at least once and I believe twice, um, our family lost brakes coming down a mountain, oh, Blue Mountain, my word. out near Vernal. <laughs> a wonderful spot. It's, uh, it's just beautiful, high mountain. Um, when your dad says, Mama, we got no brakes. Oh, my. You, you don't want to hear that as a kid. Pray! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. He had the presence of mind to rub the car against the berm on the side of the road to oh, slow us down. That's so scary. smart, smart dad. But uh, uh, adventures, maybe that you don't want to have. <laughs> uh, I remember also at Blue Mountain, uh, there's there's a spot there where there's it's a sheer cliff. I don't know, 1,000 feet down or 2,000. Oh, my. And uh, d- this is my memory again as a kid. Dad would go and put his toes over the edge. Maybe he wasn't that far, uh-huh. but he was very uncomfortable. Close, close enough. Close enough. And he'd say, Tommy, come up here. You, you want to see this view? And I'd be, you know, in my memory, flat on my stomach saying, uh, Dad, I'm not going to go. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and please come back. I don't want to lose you. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, some some great memories going out in the, you know, Vernal, Uinta Basin is a wonderful place to get out in the outdoors. And I love, you know, the idea of a staycation and staying here in the state of Utah is, um, I, I think, it's pretty ideal because you can you can see a complete change of landscape within just a couple of hours. Um, I have some memories, too, of our family taking vacation down to the Four Corners area and seeing, you know, Mesa Verde is on the other side of, of in Colorado. But um, in that whole area down there is beautiful and seeing Goblin Valley and um, also just down in the southern part of the state, seeing the coral pink sand dunes and Going to St. George and, you know, just there's beautiful things and interesting things to learn all across our state. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're lucky here, right? The outer door is just right here. It kind of makes it almost difficult uh, to explain and to market the state of Utah because we have so many things. If we only had one thing, we could be like, hey, we're famous for toothpicks or, right. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But we're famous and for so many great things. It makes it even tough to explain to everyone how wonderful it is. Well, we bring on now Adrian Decker, folk art specialist from the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Uh, Adrian Decker, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, so uh, I think uh, I want to have you talk a little bit about uh, Mondays in the Park concert series. Absolutely. So uh, for those who are not familiar, Mondays in the Park is an annual summer concert series hosted at the Chase Home Museum of Utah Folk Arts, which is in the center of Liberty Park in Salt Lake City. And this is actually the 30th year that the concert series has been produced. So it's a very, very long-running program, has a very devoted audience, but we are always bringing in new folks as well to enjoy different cultural music and dance traditions that are found throughout the state. Um, And we see the concert series as an opportunity to feature groups that may not exactly be super well-known to the general public. Uh, These are groups that typically perform for their own community, whether in a a school setting, a church setting, or a community festival setting, but they're not necessarily ones that, you know, people are are already familiar with, but we provide them a platform to share their cultural and ethnic art and dance traditions 
traditions with fellow Utahns and, and do wonderful presentations on the front porch of our museum. So what, what kinds of groups do you have come in? So on July 3rd, which is the first concert, uh, we have the Roscoe Serbian Dancers. Um, they've been performing together for three decades at at least. Um, they've been part of the Living Traditions Festival also in Salt Lake for a very long time. So they'll kind of open our series, and we're ending on August 21st with uh, Ballet Folklorico de las America and Mariachi Sol de Jalisco. Um, but in between, you know, those start and end dates, we've ha- we have groups such as the Polyvioma Hopi Dancers. We have the Blue Sage Band featuring uh, Mike Iverson on the Callhammer Banjo. So this series ex- is extremely diverse. Um, we have lots of different musical traditions represented and also cultural dance traditions that folks may not realize are actually being practiced in Utah. That's really cool. And it sounds like you could probably just grab a, a picnic dinner, lunch, you know, like a dinner and bring it and sit out there and eat your dinner and listen to the music and see the dancing. Is, is that Kind of the oh scenario. yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. Um, it's really a, a family and community event. It's totally free, and folks are welcome to just set up their their picnic blankets, their lawn chairs, Fun. or just you know sort of find a, a nice patch of grass and have a seat and, and enjoy the performances. And it's really something that attracts folks from all over the valley to to come and enjoy. That sounds like a lot of fun. So you're with the Division of Arts and Museums. Uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of museums around that are well worth the visit. Absolutely. So our agency um, is pretty multifaceted, but we do have a museum services program which works with small community museums all across the state. And for those of you who live in, in different regions, um, you're going to be familiar with those those institutions that are themselves um, very connected to sort of wider community events and, and telling the stories of their of their town or their region. So um, a lot of programs that the museums put on are also done in conjunction with uh, local festivals celebrating agricultural heritage or cultural heritage. So there's no shortage of activities that are uh, available for Utahns to participate in over the summer. I just wanted to ask you, Adrian, maybe putting on, on your hat as a, you know, not as the folk art specialist, but just as a Salt Lake area resident. I, I've been thinking about, uh, my wife and I did uh, one trip where we did, did sort of the touristy areas in Salt Lake. We, you know, we live in Utah and we don't tend to hit those. Um, what would you suggest? Ah, okay. So in terms of areas that are not as well known as, as somewhere like your Natural History Museum or your Temple Square, is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, maybe off the beaten track. Oh, mm. well, if, if you want to do culinary tourism, uh, Salt Lake is your place. We have just an incredible amount of uh, restaurants and food festivals and events that are you know centered around specific uh, food traditions that really showcase uh, not only, again, the different cultures that are here, but sort of um, the diversity of, of activity and celebration in the city. And um, the city itself is, is kind of a, a hub for uh, touring acts and musicians. So if you're coming into town to go to some of these larger cultural institutions, these historical sites, um, you know, take a look at the community calendar, see what concerts are happening, see what festivals are going on. I mean, we're just so lucky in that we've got uh, such a, a wonderful wide range of things that uh, folks who live here and folks who are coming in from other regions can can enjoy and learn a little bit more about what makes the Beehive State a great place to be. You know, one of the great resources that you can take advantage of for that, too, for anybody is called the Salt Lake Connect Pass. And this does hit things that are sort of bigger on the scale of 
touristy type types of things, but it's um, all the different. There's like I don't even know how many things are listed on that pass, but you can buy one day through a four day pass, and it'll give you uh, access admission to a lot of the museums and to just different events and uh, places to eat and things like that down there. So you can literally just they kind of have it mapped out for you. Choose the highlights that you want to see and and go do it. So the Natural History Museum I know is one of them, and there's there's a lot of great things on there, and some of them are a little less well known than what you would expect. Um, and that makes it kind of fun to just go exploring and see what our city's all about. Sometimes it's kind of surprising to realize people come from all over the world to explore what we have in our own backyard, and we don't even know what's there. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to... It's, it's very true, yeah. And 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 our agency in particular, we're always trying to alert uh, Utahns to the great arts and cultural activities that are going on right in their neighborhood. So, um, again, like whether it's it's a tourist coming in or someone who's lived there their whole life but just wants to try something new, um, we're really lucky that we have access to so many great things. I have a friend who docents, is that a verb, uh, at the Museum of Natural History. She raves about it. She says it's, uh, it's just extraordinary that we have something of that caliber. Absolutely, yeah. It, it is a, a truly amazing site. And right now they have an installation um, of ancient artifacts from the Viking era, from uh, Sweden and Norway and other Scandinavian countries. Um, and it's the last time the show will be uh, installed in North America. So it's up through January. It's a, it's a great thing to, to check out. They have lots of interactive exhibits there, too, that you can do with kids. And one of my favorite ones, which is kind of scary if you go to all the food things first, is uh, you can jump up and down, and it will measure your seismic impact on the earth like you're an earthquake <laughs> to really? see how much of an impact you have. So you might not want to do the foodie thing first right. if you don't want to scare yourself. Yeah, you might want to eat after you're, <laughs> after you're jumping. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, uh, Adrian, you're encouraging me to leave the house this summer. I'm a, as I've been saying, I'm a homebody, but uh, that those uh, sound like a lot of fun activities. Uh, anything else, the parting shot you'd like to suggest? Well, um, I just I'll, I'll do a plug for my own <laughs> museum that I co-direct, the Chase Home Museum. Um, it's really, again, it's a free community space. We host workshops and we have hands-on activities available for kids and families, and it's an opportunity to learn more about the art forms practiced by Utah's different cultural communities. So, if you want to come enjoy a day in Liberty Park, which, um, as many of you know, has uh, has a lake, has has a concession stand, has rides, has wonderful walking and running trails, and just a lot of beautiful green space. Uh, if you'd like to come enjoy the park, stop by the museum as well. Okay, thank you very much. Adrian Decker, Folk Art Specialist with Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Uh, thank you. Hey, Tom, can, so I kick, can I kick in just a couple more things about that Connect Pass? Uh, sure. Okay, just a few other things on the list, just if you wanted to explore. Hogel Zoo is on there, Utah Museum of Fine Arts, the Natural Museum, Natural History Museum, the Olympic Park, Thanksgiving Point, the Leonardo, Discovery Gateway, the Planetarium, all those things. So that's a great way to just spend a couple of days pretty close to home, no matter where you are in the state. That sounds like a, a great idea. Um, so uh, we're uh, going to be talking... Uh, shortly with Tom Adams, Director of Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Uh, We've neglected a little bit Southern Utah, so if you have an idea, uh, a a favorite uh, trip or uh, campsite or hike or arts activity in uh, Southern Utah, we'd love to hear from you. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. I'm just recalling, uh, Julie, I think the new Topaz Museum is open. I think that opened up. Um, I was just talking to um, a lady from the Utah Office of Tourism yesterday, and they had been down to Delta this last week, and they had gone on a tour of that, and she said it was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to get uh, down there and see that. So lest you think I don't know my biography, I, I made a 
a lack of segue there. So I was talking about Southern Utah, and then I that Central thought, West, the Central okay. West, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, Topaz that would be well worth the the trip. I think so. An interesting part of our history for sure. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to um, let people know um, that there's, uh, of course, every season is great with Utah Shakespeare Festival. This season's uh, mm-hmm. no exception. I've got their website up here, Shakespeare in Love, Romeo and Juliet, As You Like It, Guys and Dolls, Midsummer Night's Dream, Treasure Island, The Tavern, William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged. That sounds interesting. How to Fight Loneliness and The Green Show. So that's in Cedar City, of course, and uh, looks like... Uh, First date here is June 30th, perhaps. Um, so uh, get more information at their website. And just a little farther south than that, Tom, um, is Tuacon in St. George. And I know they're going to be doing Newsies this year. And it's always a fun time to get to go outside and see theater under the stars in such a beautiful um, amphitheater. Yeah. And they've got some incredibly talented people there as well. I spent a little bit of time in Cedar City um, a couple of years ago. And they've got some great museums as well. Um, yeah, they've got the Homestead State Park, which is living history down there, and yeah, also learning about the iron mining that went on yeah. down there. It's and some fun restaurants and stuff, and the cool university town vibe. Yeah, it is, and I love SUU. That's a beautiful campus. You know, and it's so close to the to the mountains too. You have really close access to be able to go outside and do some outdoorsy types of things. Uh, which isn't always that common. So we have that flexibility here, too, in Logan, where from downtown, you're 10 minutes from the National Forest, and it's pretty close in Cedar City, too. On that same trip, we uh, went to St. George, did some of the touristy things, including the Brigham Young House, which is uh, fascinating. And then we went over to uh, Grafton. Oh, the old ghost town yeah, out there. It's beautiful. That's where they, uh, they have the iconic schoolhouse where they filmed uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, part of that movie, so... That's definitely desolate. I think if I were asked to settle there, I might have joined a different church. Right. <laughs> Run away or something. Right, right. It's exactly. Desolate. Exactly. And it, after we went to Grafton, mm-hmm. I wish it had been reversed, but after I started looking at my family history, and I've, I've got a bunch of people who lived in Grafton. Wow. I didn't know that before. So Rats, because we'll they have, have that we'll little have cemetery back. there. Yeah. You should see if they're there. We'll have to go back. Uh, so we have um, Jim, I think it is. We have Jim from St. George has a suggestion for us. So, Jim, go ahead. Uh, are you there, Jim? Sounds like we'll have to uh, have to work on that. Uh, Jim, um, call back. Uh, 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. Uh, Jim, I think, wanted to talk about Tuacon. So oh, cool. hope he calls back. We could uh, emphasize Tuacon uh, some more. We do have, uh, I believe, Tom Adams uh, with us uh, now, director of the Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Uh, Mr. Adams, welcome to the program. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. We appreciate you uh, being with us. Uh, so uh, let's jump right in. Give us some give us some tips. What are some uh, favorite uh, outdoor activities you can recommend for us? Well, you guys just labeled a few of them. That was fun listening in on that. But, uh, you know, this year, right out of the gate, State Parks is celebrating their 60th anniversary. Cool. And, oh, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. And the best thing about it, I mean, State Parks in our office, we really try to create close-to-home outdoor recreation, just the same things you guys were bragging about with um, Logan and Cedar City, and we try to do that around the state. And state parks, they really define that. There's 43 state parks around the state, and um, so many of them are within 30 minutes from our major cities, so it's quite nice. And I imagine some of those will be less crowded than the national parks, although the national parks are wonderful. Yeah, you know what? They're both they're both pretty crowded on the weekend. Recreation is oh, the okay. thing to do in the state. And uh, if you measure... 
um, by acreage. Actually, our state parks um, get more visitors by acreage than our national parks do. So um, they can be busy, but they've done a great job diversifying what you can do at a lot of the parks. Um, If you look at Goblin Valley, I mean, coming up later this month, um, they have a dark sky certification, and so they're doing a stargazing event for their, their kind of celebration of the 60th anniversary. And then you can go up to Jordanelle, and you can rent watercraft, stand up paddle boards, or play on their uh, floating water park, which is, if you haven't done it, it's phenomenal. You have to do it, and it's not just for kids. So That sounds cool. Of course, I've been oh, to I've been to Hiram State Park. That's just right here in uh, in in Cache Valley. Uh, you mentioned Goblin Valley. Um, what what's I don't know if you're allowed to say this. Do you have favorite parks? Oh man, you know I grew up at a lot of the lakes around here, so Jordanelle and East Canyon. But um, they're all really good. I think it all depends where you live. There's different uh, attractions at each one that make them unique. And, I mean, many of them, if you compare them to some national parks around this country, they'd be national parks if we transport them to any other state. So mm-hmm. That's we're pretty a good fortunate. point. Yeah. I've, been to, I've noticed, I pulled up the list, I've been to Steinecker um, State Park. That's in near Vernal. Hmm. So it turns out I've been there. Um, I want to have you talk a little bit about Dead Horse uh, Point uh, State Park. That's That's appeared in movies. And it, it's pretty spectacular. I've, I've never been. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I am I am on the side of a road on a work trip, and the big okay. semi just rolled by. Okay. But I think you said Dead, dead Horse State uh, Park. D- dead Horse. Talk to me about Dead Horse, yeah. You know, Dead Horse is really world-class for lots of reasons. I mean, the views are um, one of a kind. But another great thing about Dead Horse that a lot of people don't recognize is they have roughly 18 miles of great mountain biking terrain that's for beginners to intermediates, and it's right there at the visitor center. And if you're lucky enough to do it, you can camp there, or if you're fortunate enough to get a reservation, they have some phenomenal yurts right on location there. So it's like staying in, really like staying at a nice hotel, um, but you're in a, it's really a tent and you're right there in the park. Is this, I know some companies do glamping. I don't know, State Parks does that. Oh, yes. If, if you want to glamp, the yurt is the way to do it. I mean, okay. you have all the power you want. The bathrooms are there. Um, real beds. You're not sleeping in a tent on the ground. So Sign me up. For those of you that don't necessarily, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, uh, let's see. And we mentioned uh, Goblin, Goblin Valley. Um, there was another one I wanted to mention I've uh, forgotten now. Um, there's Historic Union Pacific Tra- Rail uh, Trail. That sounds fun. Oh, you know, one thing our state does really well are, are the rail trails anywhere in the state. So anything that's been converted um, has been made into typically a paved path that you can take anything from your mountain bike to, you know, if mom or dad wants to pull the chariot and the trailer behind them or the kids want to ride their scooch bikes, almost every one of them are fully family-friendly. By the way, uh, we're, Utah Public Radio are going to be down in August to the Territorial State uh, House of uh, uh, State Park in Fillmore. We're going to be uh, conducting some interviews there for our Utah Works series. So I'm looking forward to being back there. Last time my wife and I went, uh, they were closed. We just pressed our faces to the glass. This time we'll be able to go in. That'll be fun. Yeah, there you go. Yep, it's definitely more fun to get inside and get engaged. And this is the place Heritage Park. That's that's really fun. We went a uh, little, you know, a few years ago. There's a lot to do there. You know, a lot to do. Great again for the family. And what what's the best thing about it is so many. It's it's, it's in our backyard. I mean, it's minutes away from um, 
you know, Wasatch County, Salt Lake County, Weber County, Davis. I mean, it's everything's really close. Well, thank you very much. Anything else you'd like to tout uh, at the end here? You know, you know what? If, if you haven't been to some of these state parks, I'd say go to them. Uh, don't go to the same ones you've always been to because there's something new and unique about each one of them. And from, you know, Fred Hayes on down, they do an amazing job managing our state parks for all our residents and the tourists around here. So I'm really grateful to have them on board and uh, get out and adventure. Okay, great. Uh, thank you very much. Can I ask Can I ask yeah, you a oh, question before yeah, you ahead, hang Julie. up? Is there a good website that people could look on to find a full listing of the Utah State Parks in case they want to explore something different? Yeah, great question. So if you go to stateparks.utah.gov and you can see there all their parks, but they also have a calendar tab up there and it'll tell you the, the cool events that they're doing for the 60-year anniversary. Oh, cool. That's great. And Tom, I just earlier in the program, I, I was um, uh, recounting my uh, two now trips to Antelope uh, Island, uh, which is, that's a wonderful trip. Oh, yeah. Again, close to home. And if you want the kids to see some bison, I know my, I have three little boys and they think bison are definitely the cats meow. They want to they hang out with those guys all the time. <laughs> right. so. Well, wonderful. Uh, Tom Adams with the director of Utah Office of Outdoor Recreation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Let's take another break. When we come back, I believe in the last segment, we'll have uh, Emily Munch with the Utah Office of uh, Tourism. And we have with us Julie Hollis Terrell, director of the Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. We're talking summertime, and we're uh, trying to help each other uh, with the summertime plans. More following this break. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We are talking summertime on the program today. And we are uh, gathering together to uh, get a uh, kind of combined list of some great summertime activities. And uh, so we've uh, talked about some uh, great areas in the Vernal area from uh, my time growing up. We've uh, talked a lot of northern Utah, maybe neglected a little bit southern Utah. And so you can help out there especially uh, by calling us to 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Also interested in your summertime traditions, maybe favorite stories. Um, what are you doing? Maybe you're just staying in the house. I mean, that's, uh, I know, uh, Julie, my mother had to kick me out of the house. Uh, summertime is when my reading ramped up and I got paler as the summer went on <laughs> and she had to tell me to get out of the house. And that might be your family. Go play. Go, go play. Get out in the sunshine. Um, you know, certainly keep the reading up. Keep the brainwaves going, but uh, get out in the sunshine, too. Yes, and I didn't grow up in Utah, so um, but we always took little trips and had little adventures. My mom was a fourth-grade teacher, so she did Idaho history and uh, you know geology and geography, and so we toured all over, and my parents felt like it was important for us to be exposed to lots of different things, so we took trips across the country, oh, usually by car, right. um, all every year growing up, and I just loved that. Yeah. So we all got to help plan, and I mean, it could be, any, but we also had anything as you know, as small as driving 30 minutes from our house and going fishing or, you know, to, to big trips. So I think you can just do something, get out and explore, take off the blinders, yeah. you know, look at your own backyard like you're a tourist. It's exciting. People come into my office every day and they're so amazed by the things that they've experienced. And mm-hmm. it's just fun to see their excitement and to be have that re- reignited in me for just the surroundings that I have the chance to live in every day. Yeah. Uh, and I should reintroduce Julie, Julie Hollis-Terrell, Director of Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. And we do bring in right now Emily Munch, Public Relations Manager with Utah Office of Tourism. Uh, Emily, thank you to the pro- uh, for joining us. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. 
Uh, so uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, get, get, what's top of your mind? Uh, give us some ideas what we can do. <laughs> All right. There are so many places to choose from, and it's really hard to narrow it down. Um, so one thing I recommend is choosing several destinations in one trip and not just having one home base uh, because there is so much to see. Um, sometimes I'm really surprised we have millions of people from around the world coming to Utah, but a lot of people here haven't explored their own backyard very much. So um, I would I would recommend seeing several spots uh, on your trip. And, you know, the national parks are so hot right now, um, and for good reason. They are kind of the crown jewels of, of our tourism um, industry. But the scenery doesn't end right at those boundaries, so I definitely recommend checking out the areas right near the parks as well. Yeah, I guess the the uh, sort of the surrounding areas. Right, and there's so many state parks right by the um, national parks that are amazing. Um, you know, sand hollow comes to mind, coral pink sand dunes where they have sand boarding, um, so many stand-up paddling options at the state parks now, and uh, like um, Escalante Petrified Forest State Park, which is between Capitol Reef and Bryce Canyon National Park. I haven't even um, heard of that one before. That's cool. Right? So it's right off of Phoenix Byway 12, um, which is one of my favorite road trips. It is spectacular. So uh, it's kind of a, yeah, it's a lesser known park. And you pull off um, just about a mile off of um, Highway 12. And it's a lake that you can rent stand-up paddles. And they have this huge petrified tree also. It's several tons um, that they have put on a civic. And you can also hike right there and find uh, petrified wood out, out on your hike. Cool. Don't take it though. There's there's a there's a theory that those <laughs> right. that those rocks are actually leave, leave um, cursed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've uh, I've gone to your site um, and uh, pulled up a section called Scenic Byways. It sounds there there are some beautiful drives. Uh, what are a couple maybe you could name for us? Yeah, so um, there's the the Scenic Byway Twelve, which is definitely top of my list. When you're cruising down past Boulder, there's this. Um, there's this area called Hogsback, and the the uh, road drops off on a sheer cliff on either side of the road. It is amazing. It's really cool. And then um, the Mount Nebo Loop is also one of my favorites, um, mm-hmm. which is a lot closer. It's just south of Provo. And uh, and then um, in northern Utah, going heading out toward, I think you guys covered, um, Bernal and Flaming Gorge in that area, but uh, I love driving over there, too. Uh, one that I, I don't know if it's on this list, but I remember uh, taking it as uh, as a kid is Red Cloud Loop, as it's called. Uh, you, you go up on the road toward Flaming Gorge, and then you peel off and go through some beautiful country, and then come down off the mountain, uh, end up in uh, Mazer, go back to Bernal. That's a, that's a beautiful drive. It's gorgeous, and yeah, people are surprised to have to see so much red rock country in eastern Utah, but they've also got so much green, too. It's it's a nice little combo of, of um, yeah, having green in the red rock. What would you suggest uh, for uh, Julie uh, Hollis, uh, Terrell here was just mentioning, we're sometimes blind to the uh, activities, the touristy activities, if we live in an area. Uh, so what, what what are some areas under that heading that you could suggest for us? Maybe some things that we don't think about. Right. So um, I love that you covered, yeah, going north or east, because a lot of people think of just southern Utah. Um but I also think some of the, the places in southern Utah or even central Utah, like Goblin Valley, they have some really unique rock formations, um, similar to the Hoodoo Zip Rice, but they look like a little bit more melty. 
Um, or even a staycation in Heber. I mean, it's so close, but you've got Wasatch Mountain State Park right there. You can rent a side-by-side um, ATV uh, from uh, the Vermont right there. You can go to the Homestead Crater. There's so much right here, but so close. Yeah, Heber is a beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah, it's definitely um, a few degrees cooler than the Wasatch, the Wasatch Front, so it's a nice place to cool off without having to go go on a, a huge vacation. Yeah. Also, a lot of the state parks now have um, yurts and teepees that you can stay in, which makes it so easy just to go for the weekend. Um, you've got to bring your own sheets and blankets, but they do have beds, and you don't have to set up a tent. Um, better yet, you don't have to take down a tent. That's always my least favorite <laughs> part about camping. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really inexpensive, and you can go um, for a quick getaway. Julia, I know you wanted to mention a couple things before we close. We're just a couple minutes away from the end of the program. Mm-hmm. So the, the Cache Valley Cruise Inn is a big event. Yeah, it's one of the largest uh, car shows uh, in the in the Western United States. And, you know, up here in Logan, we have some huge uh, celebrations for the 4th of July. And the Cruise Inn is actually just that Thursday, Friday, Saturday before the 4th of July this year. And they'll have about 1,000 classic cars. And you can even have a chance to win one of them just by being there. And uh, then in addition to that, we have Logan has its big fireworks show on the 3rd of July. And we are lucky because we've got one of the largest fireworks manufacturers in the in the world actually is in Cache Valley. And so they always do this great show and tell for just kind of say thanks and uh, try out some of their new things. And that's Logan's Freedom Fire. And that's going to be on July 3rd. And so if you've got other ones on the 4th of July that you'd like to experience, come up to Logan on the 3rd and see our spectacular fireworks here. It's um, $8 to get in for adults. And they do discounts if you buy six tickets at a time and all that kind of stuff, but there's a lot of patriotic um, adventure going on. We've also got small town parades and stuff going on on the 4th and other fireworks shows, rodeos, the whole bit, and uh, we are a few degrees cooler. That's actually one of our taglines up here in Logan. And one of the things to keep in mind anywhere you're traveling in the state is it may not be as far as you think. So we're, I get frustrated a lot because I think people in uh, the Salt Lake area think it takes three hours to get to Logan, and it's interesting because it only ever takes me an hour and a half at the most. So we're just 90 minutes away, and you know a lot of different places you can explore in less than two hours and so i just encourage everybody to get out there and explore our own backyard and you know do what we can to enjoy ourselves in whatever way you want to discover your own adventure whether that's world-class arts performances museums whether that's camping hiking biking fishing climbing we've got it all here in utah and we're so fortunate I just want to put in a plug before we end uh, for the Bear River Migratory Bird Refuge. That's a wonderful um, day or afternoon. Um, So, uh, Emily, uh, just uh, the end here, where can people go? Do you have a website with some ideas? Yes. So you can follow us on social media for inspiration um, or at Visit Utah on most all social media handles. And then go to the the website at visitutah.com for travel um, planning tips and recommended itineraries and the actual planning part of your your vacation. Okay, Emily Munch, Public Relations Manager with Utah Office of Tourism has been with us. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you can uh, give us some ideas. We'll uh, we'll get them out there. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com. We've had with us uh, for the hour Julie Hollis Terrell, Director of Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And Tom, our website's explorelogan.com. Really easy. If you want to see a calendar of events and all sorts of things to see and do here, jump online, explorelogan.com. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, some more fun. We're, we'll have uh, guitarist uh, Corey Christiansen in studio. She's Conversation great. and music. That's our program tomorrow. Hope you join us. Thanks for joining us today. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, K-U-S-K
KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM Logan. Also heard online at upr.org.